Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Let's turn to James chapter number 1 and go right to, uh, to verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. If you were listening carefully, then you heard right there in plain, unvarnished language, you heard three categories that we can take a look at to discover if our religion is the real deal. And so let's let's unfold this first with a quick introduction to thinking and to religion. When, um, when he uses the word think here, if anyone thinks, um, he, it's the word we would also translate into imagine. If anyone imagines, if, if anyone sits around and says, yes, I have a religious life. I have an effective, meaningful religious life. He says, so if anyone thinks they have one, all right, then these other things will 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 prove or disprove your thinking your imagining um now now we also have to know what he talks about when he means religion this is 2000 years ago surely when he says if anyone thinks he's religious he means something different than today he means something different than the religion of the day actually it doesn't what james is absolutely talking about is the outward aspects of the Christian faith. So if anyone thinks his his or her outward outworkings, outward aspects of their Christian faith, if you think it's real, so to speak, if you think it's real, if you think it has substance, if you think it's effective, what? Uh, he goes into very plain language to answer the what. If Anyone imagines that they're outward, the outward working of what they say they believe. If anyone imagines that the outward working of who they say they follow is real, then let's put it to the test. Okay. He is warning us in no uncertain terms that no amount of empty outward, uh, calculations, no amount of empty outward activities will ever be able to compensate for real inward faith. It's not saying religion is bad. As a matter of fact, he's saying religion is good. Empty religion is bad. Meaningless religion is bad. Falsely uh, rooted religion is bad. Religion that acts a certain way on the outside without being a certain way on the inside. That's bad, but there's good religion too. So he just, you know, he just puts it out there. If anyone imagines their religion, religious, and they don't bridle their tongue, 
Okay. And they're not compassionate toward people. And, uh, and, uh, and they're worldly. Then your religion is no bueno. It's no good. And that's what Brother Jane gets at. And so he, he, um, Hmm, man, he just gets right to it. First thing he says is anybody thinks they 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 are religious, effective, substantive religion. If you think your religion is actually meaningful and you don't bridle your tongue, your heart is deceived. Lord, have mercy, y'all. If this doesn't just a flat out nail everyone. All of us are guilty of some sin of speech, and most of us are guilty of many sins of speech. The first thing, and you know, this 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 puts a mirror right in my face. The first thing is some of us just talk too much. <laughs> just talk too much. Um years ago, years ago, um I talked through James and uh at Bears Grove Baptist Church, and uh, I started making a list that I've been that I've been adding to, and basically, just for the sake of time, I've been looking all across the Proverbs. I've been looking all all throughout the Scripture, but especially uh, especially in the Proverbs. Um, I I went on the internet one time and said, "What are the sins of speech?" and and uh, I, I've got this huge long lists. That I have, I, I'm always tinkering with it on my computer. I'm always trying to see where things, uh, you know, if I name some specific example, where's the broader category it fits in. Let me just begin to, to share with you some of the broader categories, um, of, of things I found in scripture. Okay. Um, some sins of speech are easy, uh, vulgarity. Obscenity, um, worse than those, is vainglorious talk, uh, misusing the name of the Lord. You, and it's not just using the big ugly ones, but but just casually using the name of the Lord. Uh, many of those um, uh, off-color jokes, dirty jokes, uh, racist jokes, classist jokes. Uh, jokes uh, intended to make people or certain groups look stupid or look uh, less than um, the, the value God gives them. Um, uh, racist talk, mean-spirited, um, being intimidating with our words, which, you know, if, if, if you've ever been around, you know, a true bully, a true bully doesn't have to curse and carry on. They can, they can use very plain spoken words and bully with their words. Um, uh, un, uh, criticism that's not coming from the right heart. Um, or some of my, 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 the worst ones for me, um, are, are, um, gossip, rumors, False accusations, speaking with bad motives, um, on and on and on. The list could be totally long. Um, we're, we're, we're not even supposed to use our words to, 
to crush someone's spirit. And I don't even know how to categorize that except to categorize it as unjust criticism um, or verbal beration. Um, we, we really, we really um, have trouble with our words. And there's so many categories this could fit into. An unbridled tongue is uh, is a real is a real indication that even if we have outward religion, we don't have inner Holy Spirit control. And you know, everywhere I look and listen these days, there are unbridled tongues, and people can get really offended if you say, "Hey, brother." You know, one indicator of your faith is that, uh, you know, you, you've got, you've got some, some control of your tongue through the power of the Holy Spirit. The James, James puts it this way. If you think your religion and your tongue is not bridled, you're deceiving your heart. In other words, your, your religion don't mean anything. And, 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 you could go on social media and the average person could go down their friends list and find people who say they love God and they're faithful in church and they quote scripture, but they talk ugly, hateful, cutting, constantly complaining. Not all complaining is bad, but there's, there's a, there's a kind of needed complaining and there's a kind of sinful complaining. Um, that's another one I didn't even, I didn't even put on the list. Um, I would say one of the worst things for our witnesses is is talking with people without actually listening to people. The unbridled tongue is a real problem. And the Apostle James says, if you think your religion has substance, but your tongue isn't bridled, then you're deceiving your heart. And, uh, you know, we've already asked the question, who, who can, who can control the tongue? Okay. Nobody. In other words, that takes the power of God. So an evidence of a bridled tongue is that God is at work in a person and it's going to show up. It's going to show up and it's going to show out. Somebody say, amen. And we use a lot of words a day. Um, I one time read, and I think it was a joke, but it always stuck with me. I, I one time read that women use three times as many words as in a day. Um, and all the men who watch this or listen to this think, yeah, amen. So they're three times more likely to sin. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I know this much is true that the more we talk, the more likely we are to say something we ought not say. So James is just saying, check your religion. And you say, well, how can I check it? Oh, I read my Bible. I give my offer and I go to church. Check, check, check. He said, okay, okay. That's checking it one way. Let's check it some other ways. How is your tongue? Is it bridled? Secondly, secondly, is there evidence of loving compassion in your life? Uh, you say, where do you get this from? Okay. If anyone thinks he's religious, does not bridle his tongue. Your heart's to see, verse 27, religion that is pure and defiled. First thing he says, check your mouth. And he says, well, let's look at what religion that is pure and undefiled looks like. It looks like this. Visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction. 
And I think, um, I think that's a good place, a good minimum to start at orphans and widows. But what it's a real indication of is how we treat people weaker than us, people in need, uh, people who don't have all of the support system they need. Do we feel the urging of compassion to go and provide for and minister to and protect others? Do we have loving compassion? And so we, you know, we might, we might, we might easily say, you know, I go to church, I do this, but do we engage with people in the place of their need? Now, I tell you, I, I grew up in, in, in the rural South and we, we totally value, uh, people who work. You know, if you grew up in the, in the rural South, particularly in a farming community like I did, you know, and you see somebody who won't, won't work, um, or, or, or isn't working, we immediately disdain them. And, uh, Christian compassion doesn't start with, uh, what can they do? What should they do? It starts with what would Christ have me do? You know, very much, um, in our thinking should, should be, um, what can I do to help this person? And if they're hungry or whatever, because they're lazy, uh, let me feed them and love them and train them. Uh, or try to, uh, let me work with them so they can get on solid grounds. But what I love about James is he goes to people whose family units are broken down, and he basically says, let's look at those people who don't have all their support system that they should have, and, you know, are you, pure and undefiled religion, looks for people who do not have the family structure, the support system they need for whatever reason, and, uh, and let's be that. That's basically what he's saying. Let's be that. Um, in our culture as Americans, we, you know, we often adopt that mentality where we say, I'm going to watch out for number one. If we have a family, we will sometimes graciously expand that watching out for number one into I'm going to watch out. Uh, I heard somebody say this the other day. They said, I'm going to watch out for me and mines, me and mines. Um, and, uh, you know, James is just straight up saying, if you're going to have a religion that has the substance of Christ in it, it's not going to be self-centered. It's going to be others oriented. It's not going to be self-pleasing. It is going to be others serving. Do we have Christ compassion welling up in us, leading us to act out Christ compassion? Now I see the time is quickly fading. Let's get to that third thing that is that is that is mentioned here, and it's very plain spoken. Pure religion, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, outward practice that is driven by inner substance, has loving compassion but it also abstains from worldliness. There's a, there's a other quality to a, a substantive Christian's character. Christ is within and we don't play by the world's rules. We're not in love with the world's stuff. We're in the world, but not of the world. And James just lays it out there. Absolutely that plain. If you want to take a look, you know, you say you're religious. I say I'm religious. 
All right. Is my tongue being bridled? Do I act with loving compassion? Uh, am I worldly? And you say, well, you know, what is worldly? I don't do this. And I, you know, you start looking at really worldly people and measuring yourself. That's not how you decide if you're worldly. You don't, you don't look around at all the terrible broken things around you and say, am I broken like they are? You say, I am broken. Right. You know, you're broken. The question that a believer asks themselves is how much am I like Jesus and what am I willing to let go of to become more like Jesus? And what am I willing to take hold to to be more like Jesus? The point isn't to be a little less worldly than worldly folks. We're not talking about degrees of worldliness. So they're this worldly and I'm only that worldly. So I'm not worldly. No, Christ is not worldly. How much am I like Christ? And that's the real challenge for us today. So, so Peter, I mean, excuse me, I don't know where I said, I think it's the second time I said Peter, excuse me. James just goes point blank right in our face. He says, so you say your outward religion is, is coming from a inner substance. You say your religion is real and effective. These are not the only areas we could look, brothers and sisters, but James says, let's just take a look at three big areas. How about your speech? Is your tongue bridled by the moment-to-moment dependence and leading of the Holy Spirit? Are your hands busy in the world doing the compassionate work of God toward people who lack the support system they truly need? Are you growing to be more like Jesus or are you satisfied that you're not as bad as whoever you're looking at and saying they're bad? You know, like you you, you can't say, well, I'm no Jeffrey Dahmer, so I'm not worldly. Mm, that's not the measuring stick. God is the measuring stick. Jesus Christ is the measuring stick. So... In a matter of moments, we're challenged to look at what we imagine our own religion is and how it works and what it truly represents and compare that to just a few inventory markers. You know, it's, it's like Jesus would say, you know, through the Apostle James, Jesus would say, just start there. How's your speech? How's your loving others with action? And how is your worldliness? Um, boy, what a tough and helpful list. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Music